You're listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show, where business leaders and health experts give insight while you take a break from the daily grind. Your host, Joey Price, is an entrepreneur with over a decade of startup experience and CEO of the managed HR services firm Jumpstart HR. Want to join the conversation or have an idea for the show? Tweet us at BizLifeCoffee or Joey directly at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLCMoments. Want more episodes? Head on over to iTunes to subscribe. Business, life, and coffee, personal development for busy professionals. Now let's get to the show. Everybody knows that a dream without a plan is just a wish. Don't just wish this year, but make an action plan so you can stick with your New Year's resolutions and goals. I'm chatting with Keith Daw on this episode of the Business Life and Coffee Show, and he's a nationally recognized business success coach who specializes in goal achievement and sales training. On this episode, we're chatting about goal setting, goal follow-through, why you need a plan even for personal goals, the importance of accountability, and more. So we're kicking off the year with episodes for New Year's resolutions. And whether you are a, whether you own your own company or you are a sales professional in a company, or even if you're looking to be the salesman for your own self and your own career goals. There's a lot that goes into all of that. And we're joined here today with Keith Daw, who is the vice president of business development. And he's also a trainer for the McDonald Consulting Group, an authorized licensee of Sandler Training. And today we're going to talk a little bit about sales, leadership, and you'll get to know Keith a little bit better through the next through the next 30 minutes or so. Hey, Keith, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Joey. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into your current role. All right. Well, got, uh, what, two or three hours for that? Uh, <laughs> uh, long, long story short, I guess like many people, came out of college, had a couple of positions where started getting a little bit of a taste of what I like, what I don't like, uh, had some successes, had some setbacks, and ultimately, as I got into that second phase, I had an opportunity to work for a big international PR firm that's out in Kansas City for a while. I loved it, but I wanted to go in a slightly more, you know, slightly different direction than they did more, and they wanted me to be a specialist, and I wanted to have the satisfaction of bringing in new clients and, and building new verticals, etc. So we agreed to disagree, and, and like many people, I decided to start my own company, and part of it at the prompting at others, and Part of it, a little bit of conviction, a little bit of ego. Grew and built it, did a lot of great stuff, had a lot of fun along the way. Learned a few things about being a business owner and wearing 82 hats on any single day as, as well. And over time, I had a colleague who introduced me to Chris McDonald, our owner, and we were clients of one another. And as time went through, we started realizing how much we worked well with one another Quite frankly, I enjoy being able to help professionals and help companies probably avoid some of the, some of the challenges that I had faced in, in growing a business. And, and at the same time, it was a little more rewarding to see companies hit or achieve their goals and, and see that personal satisfaction than simply getting them on the front page of a newspaper or on the news. So I took a bit of a leap of faith with a little bit of structure, and Chris and I joined forces probably about five and a half years ago. Awesome. And it seems like it's been going well for you. I mean, you're, you're a VP of, of biz dev and trainer, so you've got a lot of responsibility, it sounds like. 
it, it feels like a, a ton of responsibility some days, but I have to say most days we've got an amazing team and certainly a, a large network backing us with the, the family training brand. And you know what, that idea of the, if you do what you love and you're passionate about it, it, it doesn't seem like work. I, I think there's a lot of truth to that adage. Nice. Now, Keith, are you a goals man or resolutions man or both? That's, that's funny. There's, you're, you're actually the second person that asked me that this week. And I guess they weren't expecting the, the answer that I, that I gave. I think resolutions are a declaration upon the world, hey, I'm going to do more of this and I'm going to do less of this. And there's usually not much more substance to that. And so I would say I'm definitely more of a fan of goals because the goals, it's something specific, it's measurable. It's usually something that's realistic as opposed to something you declare when you're, uh, let's just say, in the midst of celebrating with friends, et cetera. But it's time down. There's accountability. There's a lot of other things which you have a plan and action steps. Probably not surprising that many more goals get achieved than, than resolutions, although we're all guilty of, of throwing a few of them out there each year. Yeah, I mean, the statistics are crazy about the number of re- resolutions that aren't met year over year. Do you have any goals that you want to share with the audience for your 2017? Well, yeah, I'm happy to share some of them and, and maybe even challenge those that are, that are listening. I think a lot of times when we think about goals, sometimes we don't know how to set them. Sometimes we don't think we have to write them down. I think sometimes there might be some people that are a little hesitant because, well, if I commit to it and don't hit it, then how are others going to perceive me or am I going to be down on myself with regards to it? But I've found in my own personal as well as professional and coaching other people as well, that the people that sit down and take goal setting seriously and that actually commit it to writing and put together a plan, they share it with people, not just from an accountability standpoint, but also people that can help them along the way. I I might share a personal goal with you here in in a moment, and you turn around and say, hey, Keith, if you need any help, let me know. I know somebody. I've got a connection. I've got whatever. And now not only do I have an accountability partner, but I have someone who might be able to help me achieve that goal more efficiently as well. And, and I like to challenge people to, to look more beyond simply the, the wish list. Hey, I'd like to do this because that comes into that resolution area. And at the same time, many people focus on business goals, but they don't think about the personal. So when we're going through the coaching sessions we do with our clients, whether it's an individual or with companies, as well as things that we've done individually within our, with our team, Take a look at the personal goals. There's a bunch of places where I want to travel, whether it's going to a sunny place, whether it's going to states or countries that I've never been or visiting some really cool place I saw someone post on Facebook. I put those things on there. I also include family goals. What are some getting together once a month with family to do a breakfast or do a dinner and be able to put some structure to it and get everybody committed to it so you can have those close bonds or maybe a family trip or, or something along those lines. I think it's important to include educational goals. Is there a, a class at a local community college you've been wanting to take or you, perhaps you want to get that next degree or work on a certification within your field? I think it's important to, to write those things down and, and talk through what steps might need to be taken or perhaps it's something with a colleague. It could be something with regards to work. Your financial goals. I think at some point or another, there's people that either don't know where to start or they're kind of on autopilot. And so whether that's 
to make sure that your 401k or your, your, your finances and make sure that those things are in place or perhaps you want to buy a home. And if you don't have the information, obviously one of your steps, one of your plans within your goals or find people that can be that resource. And, and I think finding all those little aspects help make you a more balanced person and, and personally probably puts you in a better space. And then when you finally look at your, your work goals, then you can turn around and say, hmm, in order for me to do all this other stuff that's very important to me, that I've now shared with friends, family, colleagues, et cetera, so there's an accountability part, in order for me to achieve those things, I might need to make a little bit more than I did last year, or I might need to restructure some stuff so I have a little more disposable income, if you will, or discretionary income to be able to achieve those. Otherwise, we find ourselves building our goals from a business standpoint and on a personal level, we just manage to get around to whatever we can afford to get around to. So I like to kind of flip it on its, on its end a little bit and start with the what's going to make me a happier person, better person, more fulfilled person, and then build the business goals to be able to achieve that. We've got another episode in this series of New Year's resolutions with Dominique Broadway, who is a finance and wellness coach a finance coach, and she shared a similar concept of thinking about, you know, what kind of life you want to live and what are your dreams and, and working backwards, working backwards to try to engineer something that, that looks like a goal, looks like possible next steps. And it also sounds like you mentioned you know, the idea of having community around your goals and resolutions so that people can help you People can cheer you on. People can keep you accountable. And it, it just, it goes back to the saying, you know, that your network is your net worth. And uh, I, I didn't hear your, your, your goals and resolutions. So what are, you, uh, what are you looking to accomplish this year? Well, one of the things from a, from a personal standpoint, I made a commitment a number of years ago to visit all 50 states. And I only have six more remaining. So I'm working with a travel agent currently right now to, do a little bit of research with regards to a, a, a trip to Wyoming and Jackson Hole, Yellowstone, Grand Tetons, all those beautiful things. And part of it is just figuring out, do I fly into Utah and, and see some stuff there? Do I fly into Montana? So working through those logistics and in the process of sharing it, I've now met other people that have been there that say, go to this restaurant, avoid this thing. Hey, if you fly into Salt Lake City, I know this person or I can help you with so in that case, it was not only exciting to see it, but now it's going to be a better trip because there's other people that can, if you will, hook me up with certain things as, as well. Is it, one of the things, obviously. Sorry, go ahead. Is Utah one of those states that you haven't been to? I'm sorry? Is Utah one of the states that you haven't been to? The states I haven't been to, Wyoming, Utah, Idaho, Montana, New Mexico, and then Alaska and Hawaii. Awesome. Well, I can speak about Utah, and uh, one of the things that's cool to me with Salt Lake, first of all, there's a, there's a grocery chain there, and I forget what it is, but anyone listening from Salt Lake, they're, they're probably screaming it. It's the best grocery chain <laughs> that I've, uh, I've ever seen. The produce is really fresh, and it's just really nice. It's, it's almost like Wegmans and Whole Foods had a baby, but it's like 10 times awesome. And their mall... The mall in Salt Lake City, there are only two of them in the world with the retractable roof. So it's there, and it's uh, in Dubai, and there's a 
there's actual a creek that flows through the mall, so you can walk and you can see fish float underneath the creek. It's probably man-made, but it's it's super cool. It's a it's a really slept-on town. There's a lot to see and do there. And and again, more fun stuff, more exciting <laughs> things. And people have even said, hey, if you're going to go further down and do the outdoorsy thing, let me know. I've got all the equipment you need. Nice. So, so it's it, it's fun, but at some point, by sharing your goals, hey, you can enjoy with other people. Again, they might be able to save money, make it more enjoyable, and that's just for large some 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 travel. And and then I think a lot of things I, I spend a lot of time with with family and, and friends, making certain that you know once or twice a month let's do a guys weekend or let's do a, a game night where we get a bunch of people together and shoot some pool or watch a game or play cards or I mean I think we all work so hard and we spend the time doing those things that are fun or enjoyable when we can instead of planning something around and then you get everybody else committed and excited. So then when on a Friday evening and you want to do a game night with some friends and you're thinking about cutting out and having all those excuses, now you've got a bunch of accountability partners that remind you just how important it was to you when you set the goal. Obviously, it was important then. And I've done this in the past where I've shared some things and somebody's come back to me and said, well, I guess that wasn't that important of a goal for you to do this every single month, was it? And that's when all I can do is grin at them and be thankful and be that product of the product. I can't get mad at them when I coach other people to do the same. <laughs> but it does it does allow you to be held accountable to the things that are you said are important. Or that Monday morning when it's freezing cold precipitation and you don't really want to get out of bed, but you also are reminded about that goal or hey, I encourage you to even put a, a vision board together, a visual representation of their goals. When when you peek at a one sleepy eye and you can see those things and remind you remember those goals and the personal attachment to it, it makes it a lot easier for you to get out of bed and trudge your way into work so that way you have the means to accomplish those goals. Keith, you're also the second person to mention the vision board. I think I'm going to have to create one this year. I've never, do- I've never done one. I, I think a lot of times people have cut and paste things out of magazines. It's yeah. fun. It's been exciting. Where I, where I look at it is being very detailed with the goals. As you can tell, I have been. And I want to have that visual representation. So if I have, I want to go to, to Wyoming, and so I have a picture cut out of Grand Tetons and a picture that's cut out for, for Yellowstone and Jackson Hole, Wyoming. It's just a Google Images thing that I took and hopefully didn't get in trouble for, for downloading <laughs> and, and printing out. But it's a small visual representation because now I'm in awe of that picture and it reminds me to work hard to do what I need to do. And you know, and family time and things along those lines, it, it's great to put those. If you have financial numbers that you're looking to achieve or goals at work or other things, I think just having that, again, that visual representation makes it a lot easier for us to, to stay committed to that goal. We're catching up here with Keith Daw, who is the Vice President of Business Development, and he's a trainer at the McDonald Consulting Group, an authorized licensee of Sandler Training. And Keith, you train people in the area of leadership development and also sales. Let's talk a little bit about leadership. And I wanted to know, are leaders born or can they be trained? Is it something, is it a skill that can be developed? Well, I I think developing is always an option. And whether it's leaders or sales, to say someone's a natural born leader or a natural salesperson, I'd like to think that it's a bit of a myth. I mean, we could probably get some other people on the line that could argue it all afternoon. 
However, I, I think people have natural talents or attributes that might make it easier for them to excel in those areas, or perhaps they might have a more of an opportunity to excel in those areas. However, I think we all have natural talents that if we just let them lie, they're not going to do anything on their own. So I, I think to have some guidance, whether it's with a company, a mentor, a trainer, a coach, or any combination thereof, who can help you cultivate them and teach somebody how to take their superpowers and, and use them consistently, use them efficiently and effectively, I think that's important. And so I think at this point I would say there might be those natural attributes or natural talents, but without the proper way to develop them or cultivate them, I think you have a lot of people who are going to be frustrated as a leader because people assume or believe they can do a good job or they believe they could, but they're not meeting their potential. Yeah, and there's different leadership styles, right? I mean, there's the, the rah-rah cheerleader, there's the servant leader who sort of leads from behind, and there's all sorts of leadership styles. Is there one that you're particularly more fond of, or do you think it's a person-by-person -person superpower? Good question. So I think a lot of it also depends upon the individual and those on their team. I agree completely that we all have a natural behavior or communication style we lean toward, and, and anybody that's familiar with disc styles and has really become a student of that understands where I'm, I'm coming from, where are we very dominant, or are we more the influencer, the nurturer, are we the rock steady, I want to make sure everything's taken care of for my team, or am I the very critical thinker, client-oriented person? And I think under being being willing to be vulnerable and to be a little have a little professional humility is going to be very important as a leader, because just because somebody's led you or managed you in a certain factor, or just because it's natural or comfortable for you, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be as effective as possible for your your team. And not to go on a tangent, but particularly when we're talking about four or five generations in the workforce right now, anywhere from baby boomers to millennials, even now the some of the newer newer ones that they're coming out with. Gen Z. Gen Z, all that kind of good thing. I We're running out of alphabets. We're gonna gonna be generation one, two, three. <laughs> we should start calling them alpha beta, yeah. So but I think from a from a leader standpoint, identifying being self aware, I personally identify with somebody who's going to be a, a strong person, but can be fair and nurturing when and where they can. However, somebody who's just a rah-rah cheerleader type, not going to probably get me to my maximum, but at the same time, if they came across as the, the stereotypical drill sergeant, at some point or another, I also probably would pull away from that or, or be uncomfortable. And I think we've all had some leaders that have done a great job, inspired us, make us want to model their behaviors. And we've all had tyrants or we've all had doormats and things along those lines, too. So I think it's important for them to be self-aware, perhaps even utilize them as some tools and benchmarking tools out there to help them figure out kind of a business MRI, so to speak. Where am I and what do I do with all this stuff? Keith, that's a, a great point about being self-aware. And there are sometimes there are leaders out there who are almost like the emperor's new clothes, where... They have this high value ascribed to themselves, but really, you know, their team wouldn't rate them as highly as, as they rate themselves. And so as a leader, 
What are some of the telltale signs that your team just isn't following or your team isn't motivated or your team isn't engaged? What should a leader do and, and how should they look in the mirror to say, okay, well, maybe I'm not leading my team well? Well, I think a couple of things are going to be performance-based and some of it might be attitudinal, my, you know, kind of the, the business culture environment. If every time you have a meeting with your team, everybody's just kind of nodding and agreeing or they're talking while you're talking, that's probably a good sign that you're not doing a good job or not doing it as well as you might need to be or your goals and your, your vision aren't aligned with theirs. There could be some other times where if things have been stagnant just for a while and it could be, it could be for, you know, efficiency, if it's an internal, it could be sales numbers, if it's something in that environment. If things have been flat or things have been just kind of stagnant, you might be part of the problem. And I think sometimes as a leader, we're so busy doing all the things that we think we need to do, whether we've been trained efficiently to do it or we're just trying to figure it out as we go. At some point, we're so busy trying to keep everything afloat that we may not be aware that we are part of the problem. And, and I think the leader who realizes that there's always constant improvement, sometimes we have to evolve. Just because we've always done it this way doesn't mean that it has to continue that way. The idea of hiring people that are really smart and really effective and then being quiet and kind of getting out of their way and letting them help and be self-sustainable or self-sufficient, I think is going to be important as well. That is, that's a big, big red flag. I mean, when people will hire, you know, there's, there's the mantra of hiring the best and getting out of their way, but sometimes it's tough for a leader to pull back the reins a bit and, and give someone else the opportunity. You know, and, and the, as a consultant in the consulting world, I can see that sometimes where a company will bring me in and want my expertise in HR. But then when you start poking and prodding, they're like, no, no, we, we don't want to have those difficult conversations or, or what have you. But uh, I, I 100% agree with you. I think if, if you're looking to shake things up in a positive manner, you know, there's a, a degree of, of trust that has to be there and, and realizing that you've got the right people doing the right things to help your business grow, whether they're internal or, or consulting. Agreed, agreed. And I think the, it's being a, being a leader, and I, and, I, and I don't use leader and manager in, in the same context because I think a leader is, a manager keeps things going and is, does, does a great job usually. I think the leader, however, is the person that really inspires people to go reach out a little harder and, and go meet their, their full potential. And, and I think with regards to the, the leader, the best way to do it is, is, again, build that sense of self-sufficiency. So, for example, I was facilitating a CEO roundtable session yesterday over, over lunch, and during the conversation, I, I shared a quick anecdote. As I was growing up, I was very inquisitive, and I kept coming to my dad and asking a question. Like, hey, Dad, what's this? Hey, Dad, what's that? Hey, Dad, what's this? And so Dad went out and bought a set of encyclopedias. And so I would come up and say, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, hey, Dad. And he'd say, have you looked in the encyclopedias yet? And I'd say, no. He says, well, go look it up in the encyclopedia. And if you can't find what you're looking for, bring the encyclopedia with you and come back to me and we'll figure it out together. Now, as I learned over the years, part of it was because he was tired of me asking. <laughs> part of it was because he wanted to teach me to do it myself. But part of it was he just didn't know the answers and he didn't want to look foolish. And so, hey, I have these resources. So I think the, 
the, the lesson learned in there that I've utilized and I, and I share with others and hopefully to impart here is as a leader, you don't have to know all the answers. And, and in fact, you should be focusing on asking the right questions as opposed to having had all the answers and, and to know where the resources are. And if you have a great environment and have that trust, then your team knows that you're, a, you're part of their success and you're all aligned it makes it easier for you to then allow them to learn on their own and create that environment. So now they're coming to you with a, hey, Joey, I've got this situation. Here's what's happened. Here's what I've done about it. Here's what I think we should potentially do. Are we good? And now in the course of 10 or 15 minutes, you've had a great coaching moment with your team member. who's figuring it out, bringing you solutions versus problems. You've just saved an enormous amount of time in your day, which all leaders say is, is, is key. You spend an enormous amount of time, but now you have somebody who's, again, self-sufficient. And those moments where they come up to you and just say, I have no idea what's going on, well, then at least at that point, you know, that's where you really need to step time and invest that time in that individual or that situation instead of spending 20 hours a week putting out fires and then you don't have enough time to do the other thing. So what are some practical tips that you can give to leaders that want to build a self-sufficient team? I think to, to take the idea of, the open door policy and just set it ablaze to, to realize at some point or another it's a great concept, but if your door is always open and people are always knocking on it or always walking in, it may not be the most efficient to work with your team on putting together a, a structure, a, a coach quit coaching session, if you will, not too, dis, you know, too dissimilar to what I just gave is, hey, come to me with what you've done, what you need, what you're thinking about, schedule some time on my calendar. Technology is great. Most of us, regardless of what kind of calendar system, we can view when is Joey available and we send over a meeting request to shoot these three little bullets in here so I can get 20 minutes, 30 minutes on your calendar and we can be hyper, hyper productive. I think dedicating time and putting that structure for the team helps the leader maintain their sanity, but it helps the team be more succinct in their thinking, to do the heavy lifting, not rely upon the leader to just do all the work. And I know individuals across all generations, whether it's uh, somebody you think should know better as opposed to somebody who's brand new in the workforce and don't know where to start, it, it allows them to, to make certain that they're doing their hard work to come up with a solution, and now they're part of it. And if they're part of the solution, they're also going to have built-in accountability and buy-in, which makes it, as a leader, again, makes it easier for you to keep things moving. Great points, Keith. Now, you've got a couple events coming up. What, uh, what's, on your, what's on your radar for 2017? Well, I think from an event standpoint, we'd be looking leadership is obviously a huge thing. We have a, a monthly leadership program that's held in our Towson Training Center. And a couple of topics in particular that some have been looking forward to, the January topic is, is managing organizational design and, and change. Some companies have merged, they've hired new people, maybe some, some new goals and strategies or cultures or turning the ship in a different direction, and, and with that can come a lot of frustration, confusion, maybe a little bit of the blame game with regards to it. So we'll be working through some area leaders on those topics. It's a, a working lunch session. February is more of a understanding your, your people, and from a, from a cultural standpoint, some of the things we were talking about earlier, what kind of style should I use that's going to be well-received by them, et cetera. And I think from a sales standpoint, February is going to be huge for us as we're, as we're launching both our 10-week Foundations of Sales program as well as our, our two-day 
Foundation of Sales Boot Camp. So those are probably the, the biggest things on our calendar in the next 60 days or so. Awesome. And where can people go to learn more about McDonald Consulting Group and to connect with you personally? Well, I would imagine at some point there's going to be some, some social media clips and buttons, so certainly they can ask me directly on that. If they go to our website, it's McDonald, M-C-D-O-N-E-L-L, dot Sandler, dot com, and they'll be able to have the landing page there. will show all the upcoming training sessions coming up. Awesome. And Keith, do you have any parting thoughts to share about leadership? I think the biggest thing about leadership is to do it on purpose, do it with being genuine towards your team and towards yourself. And the biggest thing is just don't be afraid of being a little vulnerable on the outside while being tough on the inside will we'll pay you dividends with your team and probably with your clients as well. That's great advice, Keith. I'm going to take that into 2017 for sure. This has been another episode of the Business Life and Coffee Show. We've had Keith Daw, and I'll make sure to send out his uh, social media profiles and websites so that you can get connected. Have a great day, Keith. Thank you too, Julie, and thanks for having me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at JoeyVPriceHR with the hashtag BLCMoments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.BusinessLifeAndCoffee.com and our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.